grab your Bibles and let's go to the book of Romans this morning. The book of Romans chapter number 16, if you would, this morning. I'm glad to be in God's house, aren't you? I, I covet your prayers. As soon as church is over, me and Lacey are headed to the Free Will Baptist National Convention. And it is in downtown Memphis. So if you know anything about downtown Memphis, that is a place that uh, you don't venture unless you have a reason to be there. Amen? And so we're headed to Memphis, and, uh, and I'm, she's going to drive, and I'm going to pray the whole way there. So just pray for us as we head that way. And uh, we've, we've got a, uh, a good trip planned. I'm excited. Uh, but we have this morning uh, in the book of Romans these words, and if you're there, say amen. And this is a little different, and y'all are going to be scratching your heads and saying, where in the world is he going to go with this? Just bear with me. The book of Romans chapter 16, verse number 1 says this, I command unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is the servant of the church, which is at Centuria, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saint's, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a securer of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, and to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house, and salute my well-beloved, Ephanatus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who were of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and, and Stachus, my beloved. Salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them, which are of Aristobulus' household. Salute Herodian, my kinsman, and greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, I thank you for each one that's gathered in your house. God, I just pray that you will bless them for their effort of being here. And Lord, as we go into the time of preaching, God, I just pray that you would anoint it, Lord, that you would bless it, and God, that you would have your way as only you can. God, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel. God, help me to preach the word as you would have me to. And God, I just pray that you have hearts and minds prepared, Lord, to be receptive under your word, God, and that, that you would open people's eyes to, to see what you would have to say today and open their hearts and their ears to hear. Give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech as I deliver your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A lot of times, if you've noticed this, I don't know if you have or not, Brother Cecil kind of sings along the same lines of, as I preach. Have y'all noticed that? Anybody ever noticed that? A pattern, sort of? Some people have. Some people may not. So occasionally Cecil, Cecil will call me and uh, around Wednesday or Thursday he'll say, what are you preaching on? And I'll give him, you know, give him the, the verses or I'll give him the title or whatever and he'll try to find some songs that go along with the sermon. And so he came to me Friday and he said, what are you preaching on? And I gave him the verses and I said, go home and read these. And I said, if you can figure out a song to sing with this, I said, you have done something. And you didn't find one, did you, brother? So last week, if you, if you remember, if some of you were here last week, you remember that I preached on the fact that there is a difference between Christians and the world. Amen? 
and that we are to be different and that we're called out and that we're a, a royal priesthood and the Bible says that we're a peculiar people and we are to be different than, than what the status quo is, than, than what everybody else is doing and that we're sort of countercultural, if you will. And so last week I preached on that, and this is a standalone sermon that can be preached without any knowledge of what, what I preached on last week, but this week I'm going to preach on this, you can make a difference. Last week was, was uh, there is a difference, and this week is you can make a difference. Now as I, as I prayed on this and, and God gave me this, I prayed about where in the world uh, could I find some, some people that made a difference. And the Lord led me, and He gave me this name, and I've read it over and over again, and, and never really thought much about it. But in verse nine, you see the the word or the name salute. It says Urbane, our helper in Christ. See, in this section of Scripture, just these few verses that I read, and, and maybe the verses to follow them, there are approximately thirty-five names that are mentioned by the Apostle Paul, and of those thirty-five names. About three of them are mentioned other, other places besides here. So about 32 names that we have only appear one time in the entirety of the, of the Word of God. Not only do they appear one time, it just may say, salute this person. Now what does that mean that you're to you know, give them a salute like that? It means to give them greetings, to tell them hello, and, and maybe to, to just, just say hi to them and, and tell them that they're doing a good job or whatever it is. And we see that they're, they're to give greetings, greet Priscilla and Aquila, greet Mary, salute all these people and salute Urbane. Now we all know who wrote this, right? That's the Apostle Paul. Everybody knows who that is, right? He's, he's the guy that wrote 13 epistles in the New Testament. He's the guy that what we would consider to be the greatest missionary that ever lived, probably the original missionary, if you will. He's the guy that sort of came to the Gentiles and started telling us the gospel. So if you're here and you're saved this morning, then that means that you can probably thank the Apostle Paul for the fact that the gospel came to the Gentiles and he delivered it into the uttermost part of the world. And now we have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can you say thank you, Lord, for that? I say thank you that I have that knowledge. I didn't deserve that knowledge. I wasn't worthy of, of the, the gospel getting to me, but it did, and it was because of this original missionary named the Apostle Paul. And so I think of the Apostle Paul as a person that, that he was sort of always up front. If you read the, uh, the book of Romans and you read the book of Acts, anywhere you found the Apostle Paul, you would usually find him doing what? Preaching the gospel, right? You didn't, he didn't hardly make an appearance in a city. He didn't go anywhere unless he was giving the gospel out and, and, and telling people about Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing, and, and he deserves accolades for that. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that, that, that Paul will have a, a, a wonderful reward in heaven? I believe he will. But see, at the end of the day, it wasn't just about the Apostle Paul. It wasn't just, I know a guy that, that, that believes, get this, that, that we should not necessarily follow Jesus, but we should follow the Apostle Paul. And that's dangerous ground right there, amen? Because he's just as, as fallen as you and I, or he was. But the Apostle Paul gets done writing to the church in Rome, in the book of Romans, and he's, he's closing this letter, and he's getting to his final words, and he says, I want to salute all these people. I want to greet all of these people. 
And I'm not going to read those names again because you understand that, right? Amen. That, I mean, I, I listen. I'll tell you what I did last night. Last night I was ironing shirts. I ironed five shirts last night. And I put my AirPods in my ears and I turned on my narrated Bible and I listened to those names over and over and over again just to try to get them right so that I wouldn't stumble through them this morning. So I'm not going to read them again. But we have all these names and these people who most of them we've never heard of. I mean, if I said, hey, how many of you know who Urbane is? How many of you know who Andronicus is? How many of you know who Herodian is? And not many people are going to raise their hand. But yet the Apostle Paul took a moment of time to recognize them in his epistle to close and, and to send them salutations for the simple fact of this reason right here because they made a difference in his life. Do you see that? I want you to notice what he, what he says about some of these people. You see here at, at verse 1 it talks about Phoebe. And we don't know a whole lot about her. But it says that he's telling these people to receive her in the Lord. Why? Because she has been a securer of many. That she has been someone that has helped people out when they needed it. That she has been somebody that has, has done what she was supposed to. We see that that was the same thing with Urbane. It says that he was our helper in Christ. We know that Aquila and Priscilla were, were tent makers. And that we actually know a little bit about them. That they were tent makers. And that the Apostle Paul spent quite a bit of time with them. And they took him in and they lodged him while he was in, a, in, in Corinth. And they gave him a place to stay. And we see that all these people had something to do with the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And we'll never, we'll never see their names in, in lights. We'll never, you know, probably hear a sermon series about them. You're hearing a sermon about them, but I don't know if I could get a series out of this. I just don't know. You could preach all day and, and all week and all year about what all the Apostle Paul did, but all these people right here that just have their little, their little three seconds of fame, when you read their name, they made a difference. Now I told you that to say this, that in this world there's a lot of people that are up front, right? In churches it's generally the pastor, right? It's, it's the, the person that leads the music, it's the musicians, and it's, it's these people that we see. But let me tell you this, it's not just my job to, to, to make a difference in this world. It is everybody that is saved by the blood of Jesus. It is your job and your responsibility to make a difference in the world that we live in. Amen? It is our responsibility to make a difference. Like I said last week, if, if we're different, if there's a difference in us, then that means that everything that we do and everywhere that we go, we should try to make a difference. It may not be a huge difference. It may not be this, this, this big impact that, that just shakes the whole world. But let me tell you, if you can make one little difference in somebody's life somehow, then it would be worth it. Amen? You say, well, how do I do that? How do, how do I make a difference in, in, in people's lives? I, I'm not real good at it. I'm, and people say, well, I'm, I'm not good at talking to people. And, 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 and some people say, well, I just don't have those skills. And, and they begin to make excuses about why they can't make a difference. But do you, did you know the smallest, the, the most minute, the tiniest little things that you do can be uh, the difference between somebody having uh, a bad day or a good day? Let me tell you, let me tell you about this. I'm, I'm going to tell you what will make a difference is a kind word to somebody. Did you know a kind word will go a long way? I'm going to give you a piece of scripture just in case you don't believe me. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24 says this. It says pleasant words or kind words you could say. Pleasant words 
or as a honeycomb. They're sweet, sweet to the soul, and they and health to the bones. Many of you know that old that old adage, right? Sticks and stones uh, may break my bones, but words may never hurt me, or will never hurt me. That's a lie. If you want to hurt somebody real bad, you just go say a cross word to them. You just go, you just go be critical of something that they did. You go, you go up to the preacher. I'll tell you how to discourage me. If you really want to discourage me, okay, is, is, is just walk up to me and, and tell me you heard somebody else preach the sermon or preach that scripture better. I'm not saying that anybody's ever done that, okay? I'm not calling anybody out. Don't get me wrong. But if you just want to discourage somebody or ruin their day or, or not make a difference, it'll make a difference in their life, but it'll be a negative difference, right? It'll be, it'll be that you're breaking somebody down. And I believe that the Bible teaches us that we are to edify one another. That word edify means to lift each other up. I want to tell you this, if you're waiting on, on the world to lift you up, if you're waiting on things out there to lift you up, you're going to be waiting a long time, amen? You're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's never going to come. But, but if there's one place that we should be able to come and get lifted up, it's the house of God. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not saying that you should do this all the time, and, and, but, but just just... When you can find a chance to say something good or something kind to somebody, take that opportunity and do it. Because it can make a difference in their day. It can make a difference in their life. I've heard several stories about people that were ready to commit suicide. People that were, were depressed and, and that their life was just, it seems, falling apart. And, and maybe they were on their way to commit suicide and, and somebody said a kind word to them and that made the difference that day and they decided not to shoot themselves or not to hang themselves or not to do these things. Uh, uh, just a small word, just a few kind words can make a difference in somebody's life. Later on in the book of Proverbs, about chapter number 24, it says that a word fitly spoken... Get this, it's like golden apples in a silver pitcher. That's the book of Proverbs. Now, when Solomon wrote that, he really had a way with words because I don't know what golden apples in a silver pitcher really is, but it sounds pretty awesome to me, don't it, you? Wouldn't you like to have some golden apples in a silver pitcher? So he says that a word fitly spoken, a word spoken in the right place at the right time to the right person is, is just a wonderful thing that can do something and that it can make a difference for someone. My mom always used to tell me, you know, what, you know what she always used to say? And your mom probably said the same thing. If you don't have something nice to say, then do what? Don't say anything at all. You may, you may tell you what would, what would help a lot of people if they would just keep their mouth shut. Amen? Y'all say amen to that right there. Come on now, that, that's shouting ground right there, people. It would do a lot of people a lot of good if they just wouldn't say anything sometimes. But when you have an opportunity to lift somebody up, do it. There have been many times when I'm standing at the back door and I've preached and, and I thought I did a terrible job, which is most times. You can ask my wife, I'll, uh, when we're on the ride home, I'll say, I just absolutely did terrible today. And, and, and I'm honest about it. I mean, I really think I do a terrible job. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but, but sometimes somebody will walk up and they'll just say a kind word. They'll say, well, I've never heard it presented like that. Or I've never heard that. And it does me a lot of good. You want to lift Brother Cecil up? 
You may tell you what to say to Brother Cecil to lift him up. Say, Brother Cecil, I've heard that song before. (laughs) Amen, brother. Walk up and tell him, say, I really enjoyed the fact that we sung that song today. I really enjoyed the, the, the spirit that was here. I enjoyed the worship. Tell people, tell your Sunday school teacher, tell George. I'm looking at George. Tell him he does a good job. Brother George is a good teacher, amen? Would you all agree with that? Tell your teachers they do a good job. Appreciate the people that are doing the work because that just might make a difference in their life and in, at least in their day. Not only that, not, not only can you say a kind word, but another thing that you can do for people is that you can, you can simply lend a helping hand. Just help somebody. There's many examples in the Bible of somebody receiving help. I think about the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows that story, right? And, and over in the book of Luke, and we know that there was a man, uh, that had uh, a Jewish man that had been beaten up and he had been robbed and stripped and left to lay by the side of the road. And he was one man. We don't know his name. We don't know what he did for a living. We don't know if he was an important guy or if he was just a, a regular guy that, that just you know worked a regular job and did regular things. But we know that he was a man that, that had been beaten up and, and taken advantage of and robbed and all these things. And you turn over there and you read, and I won't read it all, but, but it's a very familiar story. You know how the religious people passed by him, didn't they? And you know what I see sometimes in our churches? I see a lot of religious people passing by people that need some help. You say, well, the, the church, you know, we, we can't help everybody. I get that. I, I totally understand that. Like, if, if y'all knew, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm going to be up front. If y'all knew how many people called a week and, and a month and, and just wanted something from the church. I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it, guys? It really is. And you can't help everybody. And, and I'll be honest with you, there's people in this world that are looking to take advantage of churches. Would you say amen to that? There's, look, there's people looking to just try to bait you out of a dollar just so they won't have to do anything. I, I'm just being blunt. I'm being honest with you. If you, don't, if you don't like it, please don't say anything to me. That wouldn't be a kind word. But, but I'm, just, I'm telling you the truth this morning. But there are some people that really do need help. And you don't have any idea what your helping hand can do for that person. And so back to the, the book of, of Luke, the story of the Good Samaritan, we see that a man that should have just passed that man by, he was a Samaritan, he was an enemy of the Jews, took time out of his day and stopped and he helped this man. And I guarantee that it made a difference in that man's life. I would guarantee you that after he got well and after he was healed from all, his, uh, all the beatings and the bruises that he took and after he got better and after he got out of the end, I bet he had a different outlook on Samaritans. Wouldn't you agree with that statement? You never know what helping somebody can do. I'll tell you a quick little story that I know to be true that I've seen in my life. I knew a guy one time that, that needed a, a, a roof put on his house. And uh, he, he wanted to go from, from shingles to metal, and, and he had a certain amount of money that he could spend. And, I mean, he, it was, it, you know, he needed a roof. And a roof is something you don't mess around with, right? If it gets to leaking, it can mess up the rest of your house. And so he needed a roof, and so he, had, he bought the metal, and he found a guy. And uh, this guy that, that needed the roof, he didn't go to church. 
and he, he was kind of resistant to the idea of going to church, and he, he didn't really want to go, and he found a guy and, and said, will you put my roof on? And the guy said, yeah. He said, I'll do it. Uh, he said, nearly free if you'll promise me one thing, if you'll come to church with me after I get it done. Now, this guy that, that was putting the roof on, he was a Christian. He still is, and and, and he just made that statement, and the man, you know, he, he sort of hesitantly said, well, if you'll do that for me, he said, if you'll just help me out just a little bit, then I'll go. And I want to report to you that just a few months later, that man got saved, and he's been serving the Lord for years and years and years. Why is that? Because somebody was willing to lend a helping hand. You know, that... I don't know if Anthony, he's a builder, so he could probably tell you. I don't know what it costs to put a roof on, but that roofer, he lost a little money probably. You know, he he didn't make what he might have made that week, but I guarantee that the reward of helping somebody out and seeing them come to know Jesus as their Savior was a far better reward than any amount of dollar amount he could have got paid. Amen? Just help somebody out. It can make a difference in their life. You know, sometimes you got to use discernment. I understand that. I get that. I've had people knock on the door when I'm here in the middle of the day and, and with their hand out. And, and somebody did that recently. And God spoke to me and said, help that person out. They're genuinely in need of help. And I started talking to them. And I, I went, took them to lunch. And I bought them a sandwich. And uh, we went down here to Arby's. And he, said, he told me, he said, this is the first hot meal I've had in two weeks. He said, I've been eating out of cans and beanie weenies and and all these things, and, and he was in pitiful shape, and he said, you don't know what it means to me to sit down here and have a hot meal. And I'm not telling you that just to try to bring glory to myself. What I'm telling you is, is that, that if you'll do that, God rewarded me for simply helping that man out. I'm not saying God wrote me a million-dollar check, don't get me wrong, but, but God put peace in my heart and, and gave me joy because of simply lending a helping hand. Sometimes it takes sacrifice. Sometimes it means, you know, putting, uh, putting out money that, that you don't know if you can get back. And that's okay. Sometimes it involves some physical labor, just helping somebody out. But do something to help somebody if you get the opportunity. Amen. Don't just, don't just continually turn people away, but make a difference by helping someone out. And then we get to the subject of prayer. And this is something that, that, that will make a, a bigger difference than anybody can ever know. See, what I experience a lot of times is that there are times that, that I'm down and out and times that I'm discouraged and, and don't know what I'm going to preach and, and don't know where I'm going to go and, and all these things. And you know what's awesome is somebody will come up to me and they'll say, I've been praying for you. You don't know what a difference that makes in my life. I don't think we can even begin to understand the difference that prayer is made, has made in every one of our lives. Could you imagine where you might be this morning or, or today if somebody hadn't have prayed for you? Could you imagine? I would say there are some people that, that may not be saved had, had some old uh, saintly person not prayed for them and not lifted them up and not made a difference in their life by simply praying. A kind word's great, a helping hand's wonderful, but listen, if you can't do anything else, if you want to make a difference in my life, if you want to make a difference in the life of this church and, and the, the difference in people's lives, just pray for them. Amen? It don't cost you anything to pray. 
It don't cost you a dime to get in touch with God. And I know that, that I covet your prayers. I know that Cecil does and, and Tanner and all these folks, uh, that our younger people in this church, hey, pray for them. It, would, it might make a difference in their life. If you'll just simply do that, if you'll just simply get down on your knees and say something like this, God, I don't know what the need is. Lord, I, I don't know what's going on in their life, but I know that, that I need to be praying for them. Those are the kind of prayers that make a difference. Those are the kind of prayers that get somewhere. And then lastly, and this one may take a little longer, but, but I would encourage you to make a difference in somebody's life by sharing the gospel with them. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, that, that I, and this, this may be hard to believe, but one-on-one, it's hard for me to talk to people sometimes. I'm just not super, I'm not good at it. And, and some of you say, well, you're not good at talking to a bunch of people, and that's okay too. But sometimes it's, it's hard for me to sit down and just, just, just talk to somebody about the Lord. And, and I hate that, and, and I wish that I was different, and I wish that, that, that God had made me an extroverted people person that can just strike up a conversation with anybody. Everybody knows somebody like that, right? They can just strike up a conversation, and before you know it, they've turned it to the gospel and telling somebody about Jesus. I'm not, I'm not just super good at that. I, I, I tend to tell people about the gospel from the pulpit, but, but as, as a Christian, do you know what the Bible says in Matthew ch- chapter 28? It says that we are to go into the world empowered by the Holy Spirit spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no parentheses in that that says, oh, that's only for you pastors and you preachers and, and, and maybe a few select people. That is everybody that, that is saved is to go into the world and make a difference. And, and if there's anything in the world that will make a difference, it is the gospel. It is somebody turning their life over to Jesus Christ. It's somebody giving and surrendering to the Lord Jesus. I'm going to give you another name. Some of you hadn't heard these names, Phoebe and, and, and Urbane and all these people. But let me give you a more modern name. And if you've heard this name, I want you to raise your hand, okay? Anybody ever heard the name Edward Kimball? Think about it for a minute. Edward Kimball. Nobody? Hadn't heard the name uh, in a long time. But I knew this story. Edward Kimball, back in the 1800s, back in the 1850s, I'm talking a long time ago, was a Sunday school teacher. And you say, well, hey, I'm a Sunday school teacher. What can I do to make a difference? And Edward Kimball was a guy that, that he, was, he wasn't a pastor. He was, he was just a Sunday school teacher. But he had, the Lord had put it in his heart that he would give a personal gospel presentation to every one of his Sunday school students. That, that he would go to them and he would personally tell each one that he wouldn't just make it like a class thing, you know, where, where he would tell everybody and sort of just you would fall under the umbrella and if you heard it, you heard it. And if you didn't, well, I'm sorry. He would go to each student and he would give them a personal invitation to accept Jesus. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I think that's pretty awesome. And so he had this one student in his class that was that was giving him some trouble. That that wasn't particularly responding well in class. And so one day he went to the shoe store that this young man worked in. Some of you know where I'm going with this. Some of you don't have a clue. 
And he went to this shoe store, and this boy was 11 years old. Now, can you imagine 11 years old working in a shoe store? This is 1850 now. He went to this shoe store, and he found this young man. And this young man, that day in the back of a shoe store, among the shelves and the shoes, accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Now that's wonderful in itself, amen? Because that one guy, Edward Kimball, who we, nobody even hardly knows about, made a difference in the life of one young man that was his Sunday school pupil. Pretty cool. But the, the, the name of that young man happened to be Dwight Moody. D.L. Moody, by the way. Anybody ever heard of D.L. Moody? Anybody ever heard of him? Uh, he, he was a famous preacher back in the 1800s. And not only that, but, but D.L. Moody, we all know what he did. He was one of those guys that was up front and did a lot of things. He preached and, and thousands of people, if not maybe uh, hundreds of thousands even, or at least tens of thousands of people became, uh, came to know Jesus. And, and he started a, a Bible institute that is, is still in operation until this day, Moody Bible Institute. And there's a Moody church, and, and Dwight Moody did all these things simply because one man decided to make a difference in his life. Now that would be a great story if it stopped there, wouldn't it? You would say, man, I can see now how one man making a difference in one man's life made a difference in a lot of lives because I would like to think that, that Edward Kimball, since he led Dwight Moody to the Lord, would have a little bit of, of reward in the fact that all the people that got saved under D.L. Moody's preaching... So D.L. Moody, he starts preaching and he goes to England and a guy named F.B. Meyer gets saved. And then F.B. Meyer starts preaching and a guy named Wilbur Chapman gets saved. Wilbur Chapman hired a guy. He started a, a Christian organization and hired a guy whose name was Billy Sunday. You ever heard of him? Billy Sunday was a professional baseball player in the 1920s and he quit playing baseball and became a preacher. Billy Sunday began to preach and he started an organization, another organization. See all, these, see, all these people are getting saved as a result of one man. And it said that he was holding an, a, a, a tent revival in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he invited his friend named Mordecai Ham. What a name, right? Mordecai Ham. Boy, if my parents named me that, I think I'd have to slap somebody. That'd be a terrible name, Mordecai Ham. But Mordecai Ham is a, is a very famous preacher in his own right. And he was preaching at, at, at Billy Sunday's tent revival in Charlotte, North Carolina. And a guy named Billy Graham showed up. And Billy Graham gave his heart to Jesus in Charlotte, North Carolina that night. And I don't have to introduce him, do I? Everybody knows who Billy Graham is, right? And so you trace this lineage of Billy Graham's salvation back to a Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball who was willing to make a difference in somebody's life. Now, will that, am, am I saying, am I standing here saying that that's going to happen with you? It could. It may not. But the fact of the matter is that Edward Kimball, when he went to that shoe store that day, was not looking to impact a million people, was he? He was looking to impact one little boy named D.L. Moody. He was looking to, to spread the gospel. And oh, what a difference the gospel made in that man's life. Surrendered it to Jesus and began to preach. And preacher after preacher after preacher came. And, and we see that millions of people are saved as a result of, of Edward Kimball going to D.L. Moody and telling him about Jesus. 
Now, I would go on to say this, that there are probably preachers that were saved under Billy Graham's ministry. We don't know their name. That are still winning people to Jesus as a result of this one single man. Now, that's pretty great. But are you making a difference in somebody's life? Are you making a difference in, in, in Sunday school teachers? I'll challenge you. Are you making a difference in the lives of your students? And you say, well, I've got old students. Well, they may need a difference made in their lives too, amen? You, you teachers of the young, the little kids, if, if you're in here this morning, make a difference in their lives. Pour into them. I can think of, of my Sunday school teachers growing up and the impact that they made on me. And how that their, their, their thumbprint is still in my mind of all the things that they taught me and all the things that I learned simply because they, they put in the time and they put in the work and it was sometimes sacrificial because I know this for a fact that there, it's not every Sunday that every, every child Sunday school teacher wakes up and says, yeah, I'm excited to go teach a bunch of three-year-olds. Would you all agree with that? I mean, I'm just I'm being honest with you. I, I know I've got a three-year-old at home. I can't imagine what it's like to have a room full of them. I mean, I'd probably go bald. I'm not going to lie to you. But if you'll, just, if you'll just keep working and keep laboring, your name may never be in lights, and that's okay. Because our reward and your reward is in heaven. These people that, that have their name mentioned for just a, just a few sentences, they weren't necessarily looking for that. I, I would guarantee that none of these people said, Hey, by the way, Paul, when you finish your next letter, will you, will you put my name in there? None of them did. But he mentioned them. And it says that many of them were helpers. Many of them were securers. Some of them were just simply prayer warriors. People that prayed for the Apostle Paul. No doubt some of these people gave money. Aquila and Priscilla, they, as I said earlier, they put a roof over his head in a time that he needed it. And their reward was in heaven. And they made a difference. Are you making a difference? Have, have you ever made a difference in anybody's life? I would hope so. I would hope that, that you've said kind words and that you've helped people uh, when they needed it but, and prayed for people. But most of all, I hope we can make a gospel difference. Because if there's going to be a difference made in people's lives, it's going to be the transforming power of our Lord Jesus Christ doing the transforming. Amen? But they, they've got to hear the gospel. The Bible says, how shall they hear? It says, unless they have a preacher. Well, anybody can preach the gospel. Anybody can spread the new, good news of Jesus. And I encourage you to do that. Make a difference wherever you're at. Not just in Sunday school, not just at church. Make a difference when you go to work. I mean, tomorrow, hey, we're facing Monday morning. How many of you are excited about that? Nobody is, right? If, if you've got to get up and go to work in the morning, I bet none of you are saying, man, I can't wait for Monday morning to get here. I'm just, I tell you what, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go to bed with my clothes on so I can just jump up and go. None of us say that. But when you go to work tomorrow, you know what? Everybody else in that place has got the same attitude as you, right? Nobody wants to be there unless you've just got a really awesome job, which how many of you got a really awesome job? Anybody? Anybody? Tanner. Tanner loves being an EMT. Praise the Lord. A paramedic, right, brother? 
And Tanner makes a difference. Can you say amen to that? Tanner makes a difference in our community. We appreciate that as a paramedic. But let me tell you, go into work tomorrow and really mess with people and just say something nice to them. Well, that'll throw them for a loop on it. That'll mess them up. They'll say, what's gotten into that person? What's wrong with them? Just be nice. Compliment them. Tell them how nice they look with their hair a mess and their cup of coffee in their hand. Just tell them, say, you you look like you're doing good this morning. And, And just tell them how thankful you are and make a difference in their life. Help somebody. But most of all, let's tell them about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you. Lord, for those people that made a difference. And God, I I just want to stop and say thank you for those people that made a difference in my life. People that I will never forget. And nobody in here would even have a clue who they are. But they, they poured into me. And they took time to tell me about you. Lord, I'm thankful. And God, I just pray that that as we go out into the world, and Lord, as as we face things that we necessarily do not want to face, God, we know that you're with us. And we as Christians, we're called to be different. And God, I just pray that you would help us to show that difference, to, to show the world that we live for something besides money. We live for something besides wealth and fame and, and recognition, that we live for you. God, I just pray that you would speak to people and, and Lord, that, that people that may be unsaved here, God, I pray that they would have the difference made in their life this morning. And that, Lord, they would accept you as their Savior and have the the ultimate transformation. And God, we turn this over to you, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would do His work this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.